Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Weekly Impact Podcast. I am Brent Smith, and today I am joined by Jacob Kingsley, Daniel Yelverton, and Mr. Michael Miller is joining us again today. What's up, guys? How are you, man? Good to have you back, as always, because I really don't have to work when you're here. I just let you do your thing and... You aren't getting off that easy. Not, not today. Oh, come on, guys. Mm-mm. No day off? Absolutely nope. not. All right. Um, hey, everybody. We are on Matthew 28 today. Uh-huh. Um, we're getting back into our chapter a day. I know last week we did a different podcast than we normally do. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Um, we as a staff went to the Orange Conference in Atlanta um, just to kind of experience that together. And we wanted to share the experience with you guys and kind of let you know one, what we brought back from it, but two, also kind of where we might be heading, um, at least when it comes to the uh, next generation ministry and movement mm-hmm. within this church. So anyway, if you didn't listen to that, the whole reason I went through all of that was to tell you, if you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to it if you would. It's a, a great podcast. We've gotten a lot of good feedback from people who listened already mm-hmm. um, that really found it um, encouraging and refreshing. Um, so anyway, hopefully you guys like that. But today we're back into scripture, uh, Matthew 28. As always, we are in the ESV version of the Bible, and we will just go ahead and start. Daniel, if you would start. Mm-hmm. And then, Michael, you go next, and we'll just go around the table this way. Sounds good. All right. Matthew chapter 28. Now, after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with all the elders and taken counsel, They gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And the end of this chapter. Yeah, end of the chapter, (laughs) end of the book of Matthew. All right, how about this? <laughs> Something that we've talked about before the recording, of course. This this whole Mary thing. 
because I was looking at this too, and, and I did I actually I did research, and then I forgot the names, you know, because that's that's how things work for me. <laughs> so there are these two Marys, right, that show up at the tomb. Before we talk about who the other Mary was, something I think we got to look at that's really awesome is that if not for these two ladies, we wouldn't be here right now. Now, sure, you can say that God would have found another way, and I'm sure he would have, but how pivotal is this role that these two women, they, they, they go and they see what they see, and they are told to go back and preach this message to uh, the disciples, and they did. And then another thing that's very important is that the disciples didn't play this gender thing. They listened to what these ladies had to say, and they're like, oh, snap, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And, and because these women did what they were told, and they, and they told these men this message that Jesus had, in fact, risen from the dead, that's, that's how this whole thing of Christianity really starts. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's really important that that happened. Going off of that, Michael, one thing that I think is, is really interesting as we look back on this, because um, so much, in, and Paul says later that, you know, on the resurrection hinges the whole faith, right? Um, and so we have to be sure, and this is where a lot of atheists and agnostics and critics attack Christian faith, is saying, how could someone even raise from the dead? How could somebody come back alive? Because that doesn't happen in our world. Um, and, you know, they'll say that this story was faked and all of this different stuff. And what I think is interesting, there's kind of two aspects, and it all stems from the fact that women were not credible witnesses in mm-hmm. that culture. Yep. They had no say. They couldn't go to court and say this happened and people would believe them. And so one, like you were saying, how cool is it that God chose them to be the first people to elevate the status of women far above what they had in that culture. But also, if Christians were trying to make up a story, they would not put women as the first eyewitnesses. Yep. That was dumb. Exactly. And that would not make sense in their culture. So the fact that that's how it happened is kind of like, all right, if they tried to fake this story, they did a really bad job of it. And the story of the guards, too. Yeah. Why would they even include that there were guards there? Because uh, I've served 20 years in the military, and I know that it's you get in pretty bad trouble if you fall asleep on guard duty. <laughs> Especially, now, if you fall asleep on, on guard duty and you don't get caught, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> but when you get caught and the thing happens, they're guarding a body and that body's gone— uh-oh, because right? there's political <laughs> ramifications. Yeah. Now, in my day, maybe I'd get an Article 15 and I'd get demoted or something like that. In their day, those dudes would probably get killed. Mm-hmm. Right. So the reason why I mentioned that is this is brought up in Scripture that there were guards there and that they were paid off and they were told to say, oh, we just fell asleep. I call baloney <laughs> because they they would have been killed. So the, 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 point, the point I'm making is just for them to include this in the story is evidence that it, that it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, because if they had killed those guards, they, we would have known that. That, right. you know, that, that they, would have, they wouldn't have been able to write this in all honesty because folks mm-hmm. have been like, that's baloney, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So that, that inclusion of the guards is a, is a pivotal point to, to take a look at. Mm-hmm. I think one of the also, the things that we get here is that um, this whole council meeting with the elders and with the guards, uh, how do we know about this? And I think the reason we know about this is because many Pharisees and priests and elders and religious leaders actually became Jesus followers. Yes. Like it just became so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And right. the story and the narrative, it, it, it 
took place and they couldn't deny it. And so Mm -hmm. we get a picture of this because the fact that we know that some of the eyewitnesses were there as a part of the process and they're able to say, Hey, this actually happened. Mm -hmm. And this is included into like the findings into to solidify the fact that the resurrection actually took Mm -hmm. place. But then you imagine the opposite for a for a moment, imagine that this is all made up, right? Uh, Imagine that the disciples actually did steal the body, right? And all, and all this, then you have this church that we see is recorded in Acts. <laughs> these people that actually saw Jesus, these people that, that saw the, these things, and by the way, these people that died for it, mm-hmm. all these martyrs, like every one of these apostles were either exiled or killed. For what, why would you? Why would you even do that if mm-hmm. if you didn't see what you saw? I, I mean, yeah. look, I, I've had some crisis of faith in my life before. But, but the reason why I stand steady and I stay true is because I know that Jesus rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. And, and it, all, it all builds upon that. Because if not, then we can't trust hardly anything that we read. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. we, we read historical stuff by, by a kind of a historical lens and to see who wrote about it, when did they write about it, how much did they write about it, how much was agreed upon that was right. written about. And mm-hmm. guys, I'm telling you, this whole resurrection thing is pretty solid historically. The only, the only reason why we don't, that not we, but that some people don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead is because it's miraculous. Mm-hmm. If this was Jesus went to the store, <laughs> yeah. by what is written about it, and, and the kind of the historical way that we vet things, it would be historical fact if it wasn't miraculous. And, and to be fair, if Jesus really does come back to life and rise from the dead, then you have to believe everything else he says. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, he even says, you know, to, to follow me is a really big deal. And so it, it's no surprise that some people don't want to bring themselves to that point. And I think what is cool is in that council, right, it's not that they were just like, they didn't just murder the guards. They didn't, you know, just try and sweep it under the rug but they're like if word gets out that this person that we originally tried to kill because of the people who were following him believed he was god and he was getting this following if word gets out that he like his body isn't here and like he rose from the dead can you imagine that and so they try and spread this truth to the rest of the jews that the disciples just stole him that it's really just a little miniature revolt and they're just doing this thing but like they can't contain it and that's mm-hmm. when we get into acts and later stuff but right. it just spreads to even where it is today look at the power of the news that jesus rose from the dead preach mm-hmm. it brother mm-hmm. hey daniel yes all right so let's get back to this other thing about the marys <clears throat> yeah because i, I want to know what you think because because if you guys see in the scripture in the text which now i got to a different page so i don't see it in front of me but it says that mary magdalene and the other mary mm-hmm. so i mean do you, what do you, do you have a hypothesis my notes right here say that she was the mother of James and Joseph, meaning like Mary, Mary. So Jesus's mother. Jesus's mother. Okay, and so this is why I wanted to see this because there's there's a bunch of different mm-hmm. ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was um, Mary, the wife of I'm not going to pronounce it right, Clopas, C L O P A S. And some people think that she was also the same as another Mary that was the mother of. James and Joseph, a different James the less, not James the greater. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, who knows? I just think it's an interesting, interesting concept of, of who this, because there are like tons of Marys. You yeah. have Mary, the mother of Jesus, and this, and this Mary um, of Clopas, she is uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus. That's her, 
her sister-in-law. Mm. So it was most likely Joseph's brother's wife that that she was a follower as well. And then there's the 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 J- James and Joseph. I'm not even sure who Joseph is, but their mom was named Mary, and of course Mary Magdalene. You have like four or five so Marys. Many Marys. And th- see, and that's probably what happened. <laughs> all, Matthew, as he's going back, he's reading. All right, so here's something that that some of you all maybe do, maybe don't know. There are tons of theories about how the gospels that they call them the synaptic gospels gospels came to be. John did his own thing. John's mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm going to write my own thing. Whatever you guys, you do whatever you want to do. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They, we call them the Synoptic Gospels because there was probably this document that we like to call the Q, and I have no idea why we call it the Q. Maybe someone was watching Star Trek and got excited. I don't know. <laughs> but So likely, Mark looked at the Q and really based his gospel off of that. And then, so Mark's probably the first gospel written. Then you have Matthew and Luke that have now Mark and the Q and like their own you know research and, and history to put in there. So we... <laughs> The stuff where it comes from, who knows? But maybe the person that wrote the cue was like, yeah, um, Mary Magdalene, yeah, she was there, and that other Mary, which one? There were three more. <laughs> you know what? And he, and he writes down, the <clears throat> other Mary, because we, we don't you know. Yeah. We don't know. That's, that, and that's, that's my uh, story, and I'm sticking to it, Jacob. <laughs> and, and I think what, what's interesting, this gets in the application maybe, not that it's wishy-washy, but Sometimes in our roles in a season of life, we might feel like the other. We might feel like somebody else is taking a more prominent role, that they are getting the recognition and we're being the sidekick. But look at the opportunity and the the story and in the impact of the kingdom of God that God gave both of them. Absolutely. And so if you are in that season where you feel like an, an other, you're just the other person, you're just the other spouse, you're the other parent, you're the other teacher, the other boss, whatever that is, that God is still using you and he is still weaving you into his plan in the kingdom of God. Yeah. It's it's tough. We got to put our egos aside. I was just talking to someone today about that. Um, uh, a young lady that, that had her mom, um, you know, that, that she, she ends up having to be more of a mother than her mother is. And that's, that's hard when, when you kind of feel like you have to take second place, mm-hmm. you know? And, and when the other person shines, even when you feel like they don't deserve to shine. But I think sometimes what we can do is be humble and just let the other person shine. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a great gift to give them. And, it, and it's very hard to, to humble yourself like that. Yeah. So I, I get you, Jacob. Being, being the other is hard sometimes, but it's, it's a gift that you can give to Mary Magdalene or, or you know, right. Batman you, when, while you're being Robin. <laughs> Who is your Magdalene? Who's <laughs> your Magdalene? New sermon series. That's uh, nice. Nailed it. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> uh, I think uh, one of the things that obviously sticks out to me is uh, the Great Commission. Uh, oh, so yeah. right at the very end and, and such a pivotal scripture for our faith, uh, but kind of one of these kind of last words of Jesus before he ascends. Uh, we get the same thing in the Gospel of Luke. He says, uh, this is recorded as well, and then he ascends up into heaven, and then that basically goes right into the book of Acts. Uh, and so uh, I think that this is just, it's such a powerful statement. It's a, it's a very, um, it gave such a clear goal, a clear mission, mm-hmm. uh, a calling now to, uh, to all of us. 
Uh, I think that it's easy to think that like it's just the role of the people that go to that are in church or that are staffed at a church to to make disciples. But this is not the case that he is he is he is commissioning all of us to go and make disciples. And simply what that is, is that that's not only it's introducing them to Jesus, uh, having them going through the process of receiving Jesus as their savior and the outward expression of that is baptism. Mm -hmm. But then there's the walking through the rest of the life together with them. And it's teaching them to observe all that he has commanded, all that he's commanded us. And I love that Jesus was even simple so there's a simple commission, but there's also a simple commandment that he's given us. It's not like, hey, here's the 600 list of things that you need to right. teach him. It's love others right. the way that I have loved you that we get from John 13. Mm-hmm. And so that's it. And then and then I'm with you always. And so there's always there's just this connection that Jesus has in this compassion and this uh, calling. And it doesn't it would seem overwhelming if he if you know, we weren't given all authority through the power of Jesus and through the Holy Spirit, and that if he wasn't with us always. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that's even doing the transforming power in us. So I think there's just a simple of obedience of just right. going. Mm-hmm. Like our role is to go, mm-hmm. you know, go and to teach. And then that's it, you right. know. I mean, and baptize too, that's part of the mm-hmm. process. But all the rest of it, everything else is going to be hinging on the mm-hmm. power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Mm-hmm. And because and I think that can be like an intimidating thing of kind of like, I, I think we equate that with like sharing our faith or like standing on a corner and like yelling doomsday right. stuff and boomeranging yeah. people in the face <laughs> with the Bible, you know, and that's like, that's evangelism, right. you know, but this is really, it's very relational, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, yeah. Hey, go teach, go, go tell people about me mm-hmm. and then teach them all the stuff yeah. that I've even taught you. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, follow me and then you'll help other people follow you, follow you while you're following me. Right. I think to jump off of that too, a lot of people can hear this and they hear go and they're like, Oh, that's a great verse for missionaries. They should totally do that. Like those people that just go and make disciples, that (laughs) is so great for them. And, and it really is, this is to his disciples. And, and something that kind of blew my mind is the Greek is actually as you are going. Mm -hmm. And so it's really saying you're already going places. You're already moving in your life. And even, you know, um, what I think is cool is when the Bible kind of repeats itself and uses the same phrases. And so even in verse 11, it's in a different context, but it's while they were going. Um, and then, you know, earlier in verse 10, then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid, go and tell my brothers. And so there's already this theme of going and movement mm-hmm. um, in, in the Greek, not to get too nerdy. What ends up happening is there's this essentially equating word that then makes that as you are going, the same tense as make disciples, which is that imperative. Mm-hmm. So it makes both of them an imperative, but it makes them with this hint of continuation, yeah. not a one-time thing, mm-hmm. you know, baptizing them, not just baptize them. Right. It's not a one-time thing. Teaching, continue to teach. Don't just teach once. That this is a lifestyle that, that Jesus is calling us to and the rest of his disciples. And I think what's interesting, too, is as we're jumping ahead to the book of Acts, is that even the early disciples didn't really get this. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus is saying, hey, go to make disciples of all nations, for them, that was like they were thinking, all right, is that just like all the Jewish places? Because all the Jewish that's nations? like, yeah, is that is that who we're <laughs> supposed to do? Because they were still in the context of their Jewish religion. Like that right. was their 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 conscience. That was the thing that was how that was the parameters of mm-hmm. what they put their religion around was right. Jewish dietary laws, Jewish laws that would prevent them from, you know, interacting with Gentiles. And you even have that time when Peter goes to Cornelius, he's like, Hey, 
we don't, you guys are gross, but like God said, I'm, you're not gross. So like <laughs> I'm here and I'm going to tell you about Jesus, but I don't know what's going to happen. You know? And, they, and that was like, like, like 15 years after this had already happened. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that, you know, they didn't even quite get it, but you know, and that was a kind of, I guess they kind of put what Jesus was doing even in a box, even post, you know, Jesus ascending and that they were thinking, oh, okay, it's just localized for us. And then I think like we inversely say this is only for the missionaries. And and that's not the case. This is actually just a, hey, this is an outpouring of life, mm-hmm. you know, because Jesus has shown us so much mercy. So in light of that mercy, you know, let do life in a, an intentional manner to where you are intentionally looking for opportunities to not only tell people about Jesus, but then walk with them mm-hmm. in the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the word go like, you know, like you said, people take it to where you're supposed to right. go somewhere. Mm-hmm. But that's also how you start races sometimes stuff too. Yeah. And people race, they just go in a circle right there, right in front of you. Like mm-hmm. it just means begin basically. Right. You know, and, and not to be heretical by changing the words of the Bible, but in order to communicate that, what if you thought of this as, as you are living, make disciples, as mm-hmm. you live your life, go and make disciples. You know, it's as you're already just doing stuff, that's what God desires for us to do. It's it's not the separate category. You don't have to save up a fund for it. It's not a once a year thing. It's not an outreach thing. It's your life thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and you were talking about um not to paraphrase, but about from this moment, you know, going forward, all these walls fell for them that they realized it's not it's not confined just to Jewish people. Mm-hmm. It's not confined to just this or just that. So these walls fell for them. And it became for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting now, a parallel I've seen a lot, and I think some of us have discussed this. It seems like there's a lot of walls that have been built up since then in the Christian faith, and a lot of walls are falling again now. Yeah, um, Where a lot of churches between denominations, people are reaching out and really becoming one again, you yeah. know, in the in the the theme of unity is something that we as a staff have really been noticing a lot mm-hmm. lately. So I think that's just kind of cool to tie that in. You know, another thing that we talk about application that <clears throat> that I see with the scripture, specifically the um, what do we call it? The the commission. Goodness the sakes. great commission. The great commission. My brain is just terrible. <laughs> it's not the little commission. It's yeah. the great commission. <laughs> <laughs> the great commission. Now, th- there's something that I find interesting that there's Jesus is really talking about two things, and I think that churches have a tendency to focus on one or the other. So uh, Mark's, Mark says one of them in a, in, in a different way. So listen to how Mark says the same thing. He says, I mean, Jesus is speaking, but this is how Mark you know, recorded it. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved, disbelieved shall be condemned. That is more of like the evangelical, let's go get them saved kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's a thing that we have to recognize that people need Jesus. They need to, they need us to go. Or as Jacob says, as we are going, we need to preach the gospel because the world needs Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then there's this thing of discipling. So you have like salvation, you have baptism, but then you have discipling. And I, and I, what I see in churches is there are a lot of churches that are like salvation mills. They're baptizing tons of people. And I'm not saying that's bad. That's great. But they're focusing on just the salvation message and they have a, a pool that's 10,000 feet wide and an inch deep. Hmm. Then you have these little tiny churches, and I hate to call them, but just call it as it is, and little tiny churches in the, in the backwoods somewhere, and they have like 30 members, 
And these guys know everything. They've discipled each other. They've gone deep. They've got a one-inch wide pool that's a thousand feet deep. Mm. And I think churches need to to focus on both evangelism and discipleship. We need to bapt. We need to dunk people, <laughs> and we need to teach people. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to balance those. And I hate to be a you know a home guy, but a homer. But I think that Elevation is doing a good job with that. We're dunking people, praise God, mm-hmm. right? And and I, I can see like like with last week we saw, um, I guess by the time this comes out it'll be two weeks ago, we saw um, just tremendous um, witnesses of, of of things that are going on in people's life, the testimonies that were given. Mm-hmm. We're we're seeing people's lives change here that we are discipling people here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I hope that th- that we continue to do that here, but I hope other churches can follow that model of like this disciple and do evangelism. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the thing that binds all of that together is Jesus's last statement. He says, and behold, I am with you yes. even to the end of the age. Mm-hmm. And and I heard somebody, I forget exactly who it was, um, but they were like, a lot of Christians believe in Jesus. They believe in God for salvation, but a lot of times they don't believe Jesus. Mm-hmm. They don't believe God because Sometimes as you're going, discipling people, baptizing people, teaching people can be scary because there's the opportunity that you'll be mocked. There's the opportunity that you'll actually be discriminated against in your job, in your neighborhood, in your friend group. Um, You might be ostracized at college. You might even fail a college class depending on who your professor is. Mm -hmm. It can be scary. And we believe in Jesus because he's saving us. But do we believe Jesus that he is with us? Hmm. Because if we believe Jesus that when he says he's with us, that he actually is with us, we'll live differently. Hmm. Amen. Preach it, brother. Yeah. And I think uh, Jesus being a part of the process, I even think about like looking at the end, going back to the beginning when Jesus called them and now he's he's sending them out. This is the Great Commission. And when he called them, he called them in Matthew 4, 19. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And so there's the the invitation to follow, you know, and then they walked with, they learned with Jesus, and Jesus changed them. Jesus, he made them. He made them fishers of men. And so they just, there was just a shift in perspective. And I think that this is huge for us as a church, that we have to have a shift of perspective of now, you know, our role now that Jesus is, you know, has saved us, our role that Jesus has entered our life as Lord and Savior, and that's what we profess when we profess baptism, is that he's our Lord and Savior. And that just means that things are now different. You know, we interact with neighbors different. We interact with family and family members differently. We interact with our coworkers differently because, you know, we are seeing we are we're seeing things through the lens of Jesus is calling us now to then show the difference, to show kind of what he is, uh, he's been doing in us and what he's been teaching us. And that's why he's talking about, hey, teach other people this. Just teach other people what I've commanded you. And and he simplified that, like we said earlier. And so, and I think that that is, uh, for me, as just like my role here at Elevation Community Church is the discipleship pastor, um, which is kind of a broad thing. But Really, it's about the relationships that you build. So you're building relationships with people, and then you're just using that opportunity to say, um, you know, to just talk about what Jesus has done in your life, you know, because you're just, yeah, that's all you're doing is you're inviting somebody along on the journey and saying, hey, here's what Jesus has done in me. Here's how, 
you know, stuff, how stuff has happened in life. Here's how, you know, because of what Jesus's power in me, I've been able to go through this thing and I'm going through it in a way that I have joy where I shouldn't have joy, you know, or different things like that. And it's just life on life. So you don't have to convince somebody uh, to understand and know every single fact about the Old Testament when it comes to telling people about Jesus. And I say that not only, I'm not trying to bash the Old Testament, but I'm just saying that there's a simplicity now with what Jesus has come to do. Jesus rose from the dead, you know, and all of these people are now witnesses of it. And I can even say from all the guys here, we are witnesses of it in our own life mm-hmm. because we've seen Jesus rise. We've seen ourselves rise from the dead through the power of Jesus. Yes. And so that's a simple thing. So now we just go and we just talk about it. We tell people about it. We walk people with it or walk with people in that. And then, and then Jesus does all the transforming. Jesus right. does all of the changing because he is the one that's making us into fishers of men are, are, you know, it's interesting with the disciples and I know I'm rambling a little bit, but the disciples, their occupation was fishermen, Mm. you know? And so they're, that's what they did. That's what they were good at. That's what they lived and breathed. That was their life. So they fished, you know? And Jesus is saying, Hey, I'm going to take whatever you've been gifted at. I'm going to take whatever God has built you for or what you're good at. And I'm just going to switch the perspective. Mm. I'm going to switch it and make it a little bit more. I'm going to change it to be intentional for the kingdom of God and not necessarily just for the short sightedness of the kingdom of man or the kingdom of whatever we're, we're fighting for right now or whatever we're looking for, pressing for right now. Just switching a little bit to say, hey, I'm going to take your giftedness and I'm going to use it and multiply it in so many greater ways. Just follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Yeah, absolutely. And, And I mean, you know, that's maybe the best way to tell somebody who's new to going out and trying to share and, and disciple. Just tell them your story. I mean, I think it's the most endearing thing. Tell them how, how Jesus has moved in your life and how it's changed. And Because if you just tell them these are the things that, you know, if you make it more intellectual, it doesn't connect as much as, yep. hey, this is my story. Let me share that with you. Um, but then the other is funny, too. You say they took what, uh, what they were gifted at and then switched that around. I mean— not to make this about me, but that's, I mean, that's what's happened with my life. Yeah. Like yeah. I used to go out and play music to make money. And now I play music to make followers of Jesus and to connect, connect people with him and worship. Like it's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. A, a huge gift and a huge yeah. blessing. And I can't imagine if that wouldn't have happened in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, and, and you mentioned, you know, that, that this is what you get to do now. Something that, that I, I guess I get a chance to say since I'm here with staffers, you mm-hmm. know, that you guys probably wouldn't want to say this, but when I see this great commission, who is who is Jesus commissioning? Is he just commissioning Daniel and Brent and Jacob, just the staffers? Mm-hmm. Is, is he saying, well, you know, if you're called into ministry, I mean, go, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and disciple. If you're, if you're called to be a pastor, you know, I want you to go and I want you to baptize people. No, no, this is for us. Mm-hmm. This means that, you know, if you go work at a car dealership and, and, and you do your nine to five and you are still commissioned, mm. that, that is that you are still um, supposed to go out and, and, and tell people about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. isn't just pastors. This isn't just staff members. This is you and this is me. And we need to go tell people about how awesome Jesus is. Mm. And I think it's interesting, too, that uh, when Jesus says to teach them to observe all that I've commanded you, 
you know, we have the great uh, commandment of the new covenant that Jesus established between God and all people, you know, in his blood, Mm -hmm. you know, last supper, he's establishing now the new covenant that we live in now between God and all humanity in his blood. And that, you know, the mark of that is that, you know, that you're going to know that we're his disciples by how we love other people. We're going to love people the way Jesus loved us. But so that's one command. The interesting thing is that there, he gives another command here. He says, go and make disciples of all nations and teach them to observe all I've commanded you. So this is an imperative as you're discipling is to teach other people how to disciple. Right. Because you're following the command. He's like, teach them all I've commanded you. And if I'm commanding you to go and make disciples, then you are teaching them what I've commanded, which is to go and make disciples. It's kind of yep. circular a little bit, but mm-hmm. it, it's basically saying, all right, this is going to, this is how it's going to perpetuate. It's this like is generational. Gonna, yeah. This yeah. is going to, how yeah. it's going to keep passing down. And, uh, and so I think that that's, it's brilliant. I mean, Jesus is brilliant in building the church and building the body. Mm-hmm. And that's why it was just, nothing could stop it. You know, the, all of the pagan religions, uh, Judaism, everything that was established religious practices and they just, it just fell, you know, I mean, it just crumbled under the weight of what Jesus was doing, the Jesus movement, you know, and then you had Roman, the Roman empire, greatest empire of the time, probably one of the greater empires that humanity's ever seen Mm -hmm. crumbled. Mm-hmm. You know, not because there was a bunch of influential people, because they had a bunch of celebrities that were on their side. They had a bunch of uh, of second class citizens. They had a bunch of like peasants, basically uh, people that everybody hated, tax collectors, zealots, and they just turned the world upside down mm-hmm. because they got it. They got this one thing, and it was so influential and it was so powerful. And, and so I think that that's that's the exciting thing. And and I think one thing that's really cool about uh, like what you said, Brent, about sharing the story mm-hmm. and because we don't need to convince somebody of a seven day creation, you know, and that's okay to intellectually get in that conversation. But, but all I need to do is tell you about what's happened in my life. And as much as you want to close your ears to that, you can't refute what I've experienced and what I've mm-hmm. seen. Yeah. You know, that doesn't work because this is, this is what I've experienced and I'm just telling you about it. So it's not, and that's not a debate over facts way, way long ago. It's like, Hey, this is what's happened in my life now. And they can just, you know, they can just choose to engage and believe you in that conversation or they can't, but they can't necessarily refute it. Yeah. You know, isn't that interesting too, that, I mean, there's been studies done that people learn best from other people. They're influenced best by what other people are saying through storytelling Mm. and through conveying your story to somebody else is really the best way to reach anybody. I don't think that's coincidental. No, I mean, we had to have been built to be able to do this. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I agree. And so I think um, to kind of encourage you all is that uh, a lot of times it, you can feel like you just are, are not qualified. You're not equipped to tell people about Jesus. Or we may just think about our past history and our story and we think, man, like, no one like my I I've messed up so much that that God can't use my story and that's actually the opposite is that that story is actually can be the thing that draws people to Jesus because you know we all have this thing where we basically can relate to the fact that we've all messed up in some form or fashion and then Jesus has come and he's changed everything he changed me from the inside out mm-hmm. and so that's hope you know that's hope that we're sharing so we don't have to convince somebody of a bunch of different things all we need to do is just talk about hope and, and so I think that 
we would love to, as you listen to this and as you are in your circles of influence, is to not feel now this weight and this burden of, oh my gosh, I've got to do this like right now. And yes, I mean, it's really important for us to do this because this is what God has called us to do. But just know that you already have built relationships in your life, you know? So just Mm -hmm. continue to give people access to you and what God is doing in your life. And that's going to be the greatest billboard of Jesus's grace and mercy. It says that, that God used uh, us, that used our story so that he could point to us in future ages. So that means like when we're long gone, it doesn't matter because God's going to point to us in future ages and be examples of his grace and mercy. And that's awesome because that's just stories, you know. And so God is using that, and He's a He's a part of that. And so I think that the calling now for us is to just, you know, just is to be vulnerable and to share stories and to be an intentional like walk with each other and know that He's with us, like mm-hmm. Jacob said. And well, I'm motivated now. <laughs> and all authority's been given to Him, and 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 inversely to us because of the Holy Spirit. You know, and so instead of feeling like we have to do everything on our own, just a a lot, give God space to work in your relationships, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I I think that can kind of hopefully feel like make it less daunting when Mm -hmm. it comes to this calling that Jesus has for us, because he could have chosen a lot of different ways to get the message out that Jesus is the hope of the world. But this is his method. Yeah. He chose to he chose to say, "Hey, I'm going to change people, and I'm going to use their stories to then perpetuate the good news of the gospel." And everything that I came to do, the plan from the beginning was going to be so that we could all participate in that. And that's just that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, do you mind if I if I pray for you? Yeah, please. And and for the for those listening too. Yeah. We'll close this thing out. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, um. I ask that you would just give us strength and give us boldness. Lord, we have stories to tell, and there are ears that need to hear, and, and they need to hear what you're doing in our lives and so they can, they can get you, that they can, they can understand who you are and they can apply that to their lives. And Lord, and, and maybe you can have a relationship with them if we would just only tell the gospel and what the gospel has done for us and to us. So Lord, I just I just pray right now for all of us at this table and all of us listening, Lord, that that you would give us boldness to share that story and to share that good news and just share Jesus with others. And, and Lord, at the same time, I want to thank you for those that have shared that gospel, for the folks that shared the gospel to me, and for those ladies mm-hmm. that that an angel told them, go tell these disciples, and they were obedient. Lord, I ask that you help us to be obedient like those ladies were, like the, like the two Marys. And, um, and just again, give us boldness. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for all these things. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the gospel, and we thank you for the Great Commission. And Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. That's going to wrap up the uh, 28th, I believe, episode of Weekly Impact Podcast. Um, So we just really hope that you are enjoying the conversations that we're having here. We really hope that your life um, with Jesus, your your relationship with him is growing um, as you come on this journey with us, as I know all of ours is as well. Um, And that's, that's really what we want. 
that's the most of what we want out of what we're doing here. So hopefully that's happening for you. Um, please follow along with us if you can with Elevation Community Church if you're not a part of our church in our chapter a day movement. Um, I said before that each Tuesday that we record this podcast, that is actually where we are as a church in our chapter a day movement. So um, if you would like to follow along with us, um, just reach out to us if you would. Um, you can reach us at contact at myelevationcc.org or just go on our Facebook page um, or Twitter or Instagram or anything like that and reach out um, if you want to know more about that. Um, we try to put up a, uh, a uh, calendar, a guide each week of what we're doing, um, but sometimes we, we miss it. So if you're out there looking for that, please just reach out to us and we will happily let you know because we'd love for you to join us on this, uh, on this journey. So anyway, for everyone around the table and for Elevation Community Church, I am Brent Smith and um, really hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll talk to you next week.